Genre. Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one gainfully employed minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Alex Robinson. Welcome back, Alex. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I wouldn't miss it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, today we're talking Minute 63, which begins uh, with Jameson saying, uh, give this to the girl up front, and ends with Norman Osborn saying that Oscorp is the principal supplier to the United States military. Sort of a sort of mishmash of of tones and scenes here today, but most of it is still in the Daily Bugle, which is a place we love to be. It, it's mostly behind the scenes stuff that we have to talk about. Right. I think mostly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's literally stuff. like I want a job. Uh, you you should be freelance. No job. <laughs> go, go go get your go get your money. You know, you have that dorky line of right. like, I'm Peter Parker. I'm a photographer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and that whole thing, and you get you get Betty Brant, who we'll talk about, but um, and then the beginning of that of uh, the the board meeting, yeah. But I mean, that's that's I mean, it, you know, there's not a whole lot happening here. Totally, I think really yeah. to dig into sure. so much. Uh, <laughs> uh, I although I could I could I could dig into some Christmas meat. Oh um, sure, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> meat. <laughs> nice box of Christmas meat. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, that's in the script. The, the, the Christmas meat line is in incredible. The that's exactly what I wanted to know because it comes off like such a weird, like uh, um, half improvised. improvised, like fever yeah. dream of a question. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Job, job, job. This, this, that. Meat. Christmas meat. What? What? Yeah. Where does that come from? <laughs> so, so. Uh, this whole okay so this whole sequence mm -hmm. is okay so in the shooting draft i don't i don't know what happened here i don't know if they they trimmed this down uh when they when they shot it or if they it trimmed it down in the editing room or what i assume some of it hap had to have happened before mm -hmm. and maybe some of it happened in the in the shoot because there's a character in this that what is not in the movie oh so so i i and, and i don't remember ever hearing that anyone was cast as this character so yeah. it seems weird but like okay this the scene that we see is actually three scenes in the script what in a row okay that takes place over like a few weeks so oh. Whoa. So yeah, so like the first scene, he brings him, he brings Robbie the first pictures, uh -huh. and Robbie says they're good, very good. How'd you get them? And Peter says, if I tell you, you'll send your own photographer. Am I hired? Which is right out of Ditko. That's right out of Ditko. Awesome. Um, 
like Peter saying, if I tell you how I got the shots, you'll send your own photographer. I want the job. So I'm not going to tell you how I get the pictures. Awesome. Um, and, uh, and, and Robbie says, it's not up to me. Mr. Jameson hires all staff personally. Uh, and then you hear Jameson and he said, he's shouting. Is that what I said? Is that what I asked? I said a picture, Eddie, not an ink blot. Why the hell can't anybody bring me a decent art on that freak? Get the hell out of here. And Robbie says he fires him that way too. And then Eddie Brock exits Jameson's office. Looks at Locke's eyes with Peter and says, what are you looking at, Greenhorn? Dude. And then then leaves. Yeah. So they they went all out with it in the in the script. They you know Right. As we were talking about like the the breadcrumbs that you occasionally got with references to to the ex, you know expanded universe of stories and characters that exist beyond the the confines of just this film but but the it, apparently when it was first laid out they went they went whole hog with it they didn't just say oh Eddie's been trying to get that shot for weeks they literally had Eddie there failing at mm-hmm. the job and getting pissed that's mm-hmm. that's amazing people yeah and it's oh. Oh, well, and, and that's the thing, right? Is oh. my my theory is that it's in the shooting draft to appease Avi Arad, right? Who, as we know, was Love. obsessed with the Venom character <laughs> and having the Venom character in a movie. This is the first Spider-Man movie. It's like chill, chill, dude, chill. <laughs> um, you barely have a Spider-Man movie. You don't need a Venom movie yet. Calm down. Uh, but he was obsessed with getting Venom on screen and. I, I I almost wonder if this isn't just in the in the the shooting draft just to appease Avi Arad. Yeah. And then on the day they were like, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna cast Eddie Brock. We're not even gonna shoot that. Just ignore it. Right. Not. We wrote oh. it in there to appease the producer, and that's it. Didn't they also have Lizard Man? Uh, isn't Professor Connors also in there? Yeah, yeah. he's he's mentioned in the in this movie. By he's name. not. Yeah, you don't see him until the sequel, until right. Spider-Man 2. Right. Yeah. Right. Um oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that's and that's and here's and here's the best part and I actually love this joke. This is really silly. <laughs> um so after Eddie says, so it says it says Brock, Eddie Brock, another young photographer comes out of Jameson's office. Uh he's he's shabbily dressed in in a in a wrinkled suit. Mm-hmm. And he says, what are you looking at, Greenhorn? And he starts to walk away. And then Jameson appears in the doorway and says, and Brock, would it kill you to get a decent suit? <laughs> Which I think is really <laughs> silly and funny. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's uh, so goofy. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, that's yeah. amazing. So then we uh so then we cut into Jameson's office and we get the their crap, 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 mm-hmm. mega crap. Um I'll give you I'll give you three hundred for all of them. Oh, okay. Peter says that seems a little low, then take him somewhere else. And he gets up, he's like, sit down, all right, I'll give you five hundred. That's the standard freelance fee. <laughs> so they lowered it in the in the final move. <laughs> Weird. Um so they do they do the thing, uh-huh. uh, and he says like menace, sir. He was protecting he was protecting that armored car, and James says, "Tell you what, Atticus, you take the pictures. I'll make the headlines. Okay, that all right with you?" Um, and then we cut to more 
more headlines. New oh. York Cheers costume hero. Like he, the headline reads New York Cheers costume hero. Jameson frowns, crosses out cheers, and it says fierce costume coward. <laughs> um, and then, and then like Peter's bringing him another envelope and it's, you know, yeah. And, and so then, uh, and then finally, um, you know, it goes through, let's see, Spider-Man, superhero or super zero, big apple, fear, spider bite. And then Peter says, why are you so hard on him? He's on the side of the law. He's like, and Jameson says he thinks he is. He thinks he is the law. There's no place in this society for vigilante justice. Once one person takes the law in his own hands, it's anarchy. It's true. Uh, Peter says, Mr. Jameson, how about an assignment? I'd like to shoot something other than Spider-Man. Jameson says, no, you just keep doing what you're doing. Robbie says, JJ, we need someone to cover the World Unity Festival. Let's send Peter. Jameson says, World Unity uh, Festival. Fine, send them. But I never said you have a job. Meat. I'll give you a box of Christmas meat. Best I can do. Now get me more pictures. So so it's like they sort of like truncated all of those scenes into this one thing. And I wonder if they're not, you know, borrow like stealing footage from the second scene of Peter with first scene of jj in the edit room to like make it one scene mm. and they just did it entirely in post or yeah. if or maybe um, if like in, in conversation they, they rewrote on the day or something or, i don't yeah, know rewrote it yeah like, yeah we'll just we'll do this all as one right because this is the shooting draft so it would have had yeah. to been done on the day the, yeah. the, whoever the yeah you're right you're right yeah whoever the set screenwriter was would have had to fix that mm-hmm. um but Running, uh yeah yeah that's crazy that right amazing the, that Eddie Brock thing is so ridiculous. Like, can you uh, imagine how much people would have freaked out? <laughs> oh, I know. If they had had that scene, would it have been um, Topher Grace, or would it been been would uh, it would have been like uh, in the first Batman movie when um, Billy D played Harvey Dent? Oh, you're right. Yeah, and then, and then I think it would have. Yeah. yeah, it probably would have been more like the Billy D thing, where they would have yeah. cast just some. Other guy, right? Yeah, some random person. Because yeah, it definitely wouldn't have been Topher Grace. Because was uh, was that '70s show even on the air yet? I don't think so. Not in 2002, 2001. I can look this up. Remember? Yeah, had to be. (laughs) Yeah, I'll delve into that real quick. What are we on the internet? Yeah. Um, But, uh, oh, yeah, 1998 it premiered. So what? it had actually been on for oh my God. four years. Multiple seasons. Point. I had no idea yeah. that show was that early. I guess it's because of the intentional timeless guess, quality of it. Yeah. Wow. I guess that makes sense because everyone compared it to Happy Days, and that was se- the 50s and the 70s, and this was the 70s and In the, the 90s. 90s. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, we wow. It could have been. So they possibly could have cast him at that point if they were going down that road. That, theoretically that's hilarious yeah i don't i doubt they would have for this sort of one-off eddie brock joke because it is such a right. fundamental change to the you know uh, approach to it which we will get to eventually in time when we talk in earnest right. about mr <laughs> mr eddie brock as he appears in these movies but that should have been the stan lee part stan lee should have played eddie brock <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing oh man <laughs> Just oh two wow! Grizzled cigar chompers yelling at each other. <laughs> I'm really uh, trying here, JJ. Uh. <laughs> Get a real suit. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, I guess that's, that's, that scene, that what a weird scene. That's interesting. The that's the way wild. that they put that together. It really, mm. it really goes to show you. I, I mean, I don't, I don't remember. I'm sure we've probably talked about this on the show before, but like the concept of, um, you know, the the movie has, uh, you know, you have the you have the screenplay drafts, and then you do another draft when you're shooting it, and then you do another draft in post. Right. Um, you make the movie three you know. times, type of thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, I, they, they, uh, they just, they removed that whole, uh, that whole thing. That's um, wild. I, I, I like the idea too, that they told Avi Arad that they shot it and it just worked better like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we shot it. It just, it works better like this. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's in there. Here. Yeah. Yeah. We'll circle back to that. We'll circle back to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I suppose um, now's as good a time as any to talk about the girl up front, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, Miss Betty Brandt. I mean, so we have the scene as it as it did finally play out, the sort of truncated uh, scene. And then Peter goes out there to get his money, as it were. And he's mm-hmm. into uh, Betty Brandt, who is played by the the magnificent Elizabeth Banks, the actor, director, producer, world treasure. Elizabeth Banks. Uh, I guess it should. I should note that yeah. scene mm-hmm. uh, between between Peter and Betty are, yeah. is not in the script. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. wow. I mean, it's a very, very quick little scene and a fun moment. Um, I, I assume they always would have had to have cast someone to play the equivalent secretarial position in general uh, because, you know, she has the, the phone er- interruptions with Jameson or, you know, your, your wife's on the line type of things like that. But uh, it's nice to have this little face-to-face meeting here um i mean it's it's elizabeth banks who doesn't love elizabeth banks she's the sixth highest grossing female actor of all time at this point mm-hmm. uh i i adore her and I, I feel like everybody has their own project that they first saw her in and uh you know immediately swooned you know for me it was james gunn slither for a lot of people it might have been uh wet hot american summer uh, it wasn't this really I mean, this, sure, this, I love this, yeah, but, okay. you know, I... I was going to say, I, I'm pretty sure that this was my first time I'd ever seen her. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's probably the first time I saw her, but I don't think I recognized her as her until much, oh, much later on. You know, like, yeah. the first time I was like, wow, who is that actor? Was probably watching this, or 30 Rock, or, you know, uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin or something. Um, I mean, she's... She she sort of started out very small in like uh, indie features uh, in in the late '90s. You know, she did one called Surrender Dorothy that got her a lot of um, a lot of attention. Then she did some smaller flicks. Then What Hot American Summer the year prior to Spider Man. So in 2001, she did that. Then this came out, and then she just her star started rising. You know, she did things like Scrubs and Sea Biscuit and Role Models and Forty uh, Year Old Virgins. Zach and Mary make a por- porno. Eventually, to the point where she's co-producing pitch perfect the anna kendrick singing movie um and also Mm -hmm. you know acting in it starring in the lego movie in every single hunger games movie magic mike xxl Mm -hmm. she's in the power rangers now she's directing her movie her own movies she's just like a a force of nature and Mm -hmm. uh i'm i'm very proud she's here in in like researching uh elizabeth banks like really briefly for today i found a little anecdote that i that i love which is a sort of two-part thing one is how did she get into acting in the first place? Uh, so when she was a kid, she was really into uh, ath- uh, sports and she was an avid athlete and uh, rode horses and all sorts of like very outdoorsy activities. 
and uh, she was in a little league game playing baseball and she slid into third base and broke her leg. And they told her she couldn't play baseball or any sports for a while while her leg healed. And she needed to like do something with her time and all of her like very precocious energy. So she tried out for the school play and then like landed a big role in it and then was just fell in love with acting at that point. And then her, her life like changed and she got a degree in uh, uh, theater uh, and then eventually got an MFA um, at the uh, American conservatory theater over here in uh, uh, San Francisco. And the second like story I like about her is that she was this very dedicated student and, you know, really committed to honing her craft, uh, not only in her undergrad degree, but also in her MFA. And at one point when she was out there auditioning on the side while she was still at school, she was offered a pretty big role in a soap opera, uh, Santa Barbara. And she decided to turn it down uh, because she wanted to finish her degree in school and uh, like uh, honor her obligations there first, which I just think is a really, I don't know, a really sweet thing to do and i'm proud of her so way to go elizabeth thanks <laughs> i don't know what's um, your first yeah go ahead <laughs> i well i was gonna say i uh the, the thing that i like about this scene between the two of them mm-hmm. is uh it i i know that it it happened before but it's it's an interesting like coincidental precursor to sea biscuit because they sure. both were co- co-stars of uh like co-leads of uh sea biscuit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. So I, I, I don't know. I like this scene. Cause it's like, ah, like the she seeds. is just this little, she has yeah. this little like bit part in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and then was the female lead in, uh, in sea biscuit like, <laughs> the next year, <laughs> yeah. which is so crazy. Like, wow, that's, that's a huge jump. And then was willing to come back and do this again in the sequels. Yeah. Um, both of them. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but Betty Brandt, uh the character is she's an interesting character in the history of spider-man because um like a lot of the the female uh characters in uh in spider-man mythos she changes a lot uh-huh. um over the course of uh her tenure on the on in the series yeah um in the beginning like she her between her and and liz allen those were peter parker's first uh, that was the first love triangle. Yeah. Um, was, was, uh, Liz Allen, Betty Brant and, and Peter. That was during the, uh, Lee Ditko era, of course, before the two of them were replaced by, uh, Mary Jane and Gwen mm-hmm. Stacy during the Ramita era. And, uh, this, it, it was interesting because Betty really liked Peter, but Peter was just dating her. Because Liz wasn't interested. Oh, okay. Like it was weird. And then oh. and then there was like a whole thing where Betty started dating another reporter who was Ned, Ned Leeds, who would eventually become Hobgoblin, <laughs> uh, connecting it to uh awesome. to, to Alex's uh first first uh introduction the to the comics. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so um she became uh really she married Ned and then Ned became Hobgoblin, which was a whole thing. And then that sort of turned her into more of a Lois Lane-ish type character. Sure. Um, because before she was sort of like a, she's like a, like a wet towel before. Like she just, <laughs> she just like, Oh, like, Oh, well, Peter, like, I wish he would just talk to me. Aww. You know, it was like a lot of that all yeah. the time. Uh- and, um, and then eventually was like, I like, I like Ned because he's not always putting himself in danger. Like that, the like just, just Oof. really 
you know, yeah. <sighs> um, and then, uh, and then, <laughs> and later she became more of like a Lois Lane character. And now like her and Peter are like BFFs and, uh, you know, they're, they're constantly looking out for each other mm-hmm. and, you know, Betty, uh, I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Betty was at one point, like, I don't know that she was editor editor in chief, but she was definitely a, like an editor at yeah. the Daily Bugle at one point. Awesome. Um, and she works a lot with um, Ben Urich. They're they're yeah. seen together a lot and stuff. So she's she's changed a lot and it's sort of turned into like more of a, you know, a feminist character and, and you know. Just, just a better, just well-rounded character than she was when More she was of a person. Dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I also oh, thought it was weird because she, uh, it, it, it was definitely seen when I was younger, at least. It the the fact that high, that Peter Parker was like a high school kid, mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. like a possible romantic interest for like a grown-up woman seemed very uh, exotic to me. Oh, totally. Well, she she wasn't uh she wasn't grown up. She was a high school dropout, so they were the same age. Oh, wait, so she was, she was like sixteen or something? Yeah, yeah, but like sixteen year old girls would would in the sixties would drop out of high school a lot and get a job as a secretary hmm. because oh. you didn't have to finish high school to be a secretary back then. Huh. Um, so so yeah, she was a she was a high school dropout who was just a secretary at the. Weird. The, the optics yeah. of that never transferred for me. I always assumed that she was older than him, just yeah. because she was. Well, like I, I, yeah. that's part of that is probably because of uh, Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's sort of like <laughs> leaking into your subconscious. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, they. It, it's a it's a it's like definitely because I thought the same thing and for like a while and then Wait, it, is there that was like an con though or is the, was that intent was that in the Stanley. Dicko yeah, it was in the it was in the Stan Lee thing, but it was like a it was like just a line of dialogue. Of like just, everyone at that time would have known that. Well, she's obviously a high school dropout because high school dropout gets gets yeah, jobs, get jobs secretary. right? As secretaries, right? That's why. Um, yeah, because she was she was more of a blue collar. Uh, she came from more of a blue collar background, mm-hmm. and blue collar women in the '60s didn't go to college, so there was no reason for them to finish high school. Uh, um, I assumed she was like 35 years old, and Peter Parker was <laughs> dating his 17 year old. Yeah, okay. yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, he's no a photographer, you know. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. So, so uh, uh, then we get the 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 little Norman Osborn thing, and. Look, you know, Oscorp is past Quest Aerospace is the principal supplier of the U.S. military. There we go. You know, yeah. well, it's all it's all coming up Norman, right? Everything. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Everything's uh, coming up Osborne. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like it's pretty, pretty great. <laughs> well, what I do like is because we do end on such a such a lovely, awkward high note of of Peter's like earnest nerdery of i'm a photographer yeah uh that we when we have this like weird i don't even know what to call this transition it's like a it's kind of like a whip pan but it's it goes from like an aerial shot into a ground level it's like an extreme whip pan (laughs) (laughs) like the cross city whip pan is just like so goofy and fun and like we keep the um we keep the like energetic score going so that we almost have a holdover of that optimistic energy from the photographer scene when we enter into the Oscorp scene. So the way that this minute does yeah. end where this minute ends before any 
anything, any rug gets pulled out from under Norman's feet that it just feels like, oh yeah, how splendid. Like everything's just going great. The the, the previous yeah. scene still has that like lingering aftertaste or whatever of like, gee, this is swell. Right. <laughs> Everything's swell <laughs> in New York City. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't get um, there. So- <laughs> So, so Alex, uh, you were you were living in uh, New York when this movie came out, right? Yeah, this is correct. Yeah, did you uh, did you see it in theaters? I did see it in the theater. Yes, I don't remember where, but I did see it in the theater. Do you remember like what your general feelings uh, of it were when when you first saw it? I remember enjoying it. I uh, was a fan of Sam Raimi's from his Evil Dead days. Uh, mm-hmm. And this was kind of like his first real, you know, entry into mainstream, uh, you know, blockbuster dumb. Totally. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was fun. You had the Stan Lee cameo. You had the Bruce Campbell cameo. Right, right. It seemed pretty. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the Green Goblin mask. It just looked a little Power Rangers-y to me. <laughs> sure. But, um, yeah. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have a lot to say when we finally get to get a good look at that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, so I should point out that in this scene, the Oscorp out the exterior is a real place. In, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally know where that is. It's on like oh. 50, 57th and Park Avenue oh, if you're interested fun. If you're a, it doesn't have the, they, I'm guessing they either CGI'd or put in the, uh, you know, just, yeah, one day just put up a logo and shot it. It's probably cheaper just to CGI it, but, um, well, they're probably not CGI. I bet it's a matte. There's Mm -hmm. been a lot of matte paintings and stuff. um, So it's probably like a, like a matte that they just put over the, uh, the, uh, cell or whatever. Yeah. There, there definitely is something uniquely thrilling about like seeing something in a movie and realizing that it's like a place you've been, which right. it definitely didn't happen a lot when I was growing up. But like since moving out to L.A., obviously, I see it. Well, I mean, what's the uh, what what what's the Daily Bugle building? Have we even seen an exterior of the Daily I don't Bugle? We've seen yet? an exterior, but it's the Flatiron Building, right? The big narrow one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very iconic New York City building. Right. Yeah. It's it's really it's just really silly that I I mean I like it I mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's fun that they they were like yeah we're not gonna like create new we're not gonna add new buildings to the skyline we're just gonna use the buildings that are already there yeah that everyone already knows what they are and we're just gonna put a logo on them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like that it's integrated it's in kind of a silly way but like a charming silliness like it's not mm-hmm. it's not goofy I guess it's a little goofy but I love it so so uh, we've had a quite a few uh, New Yorkers on recently um, mm-hmm. and we've been we've been sort of asking them uh, this question Alex do you yes. do you remember at the time because um, this was 2002 do you remember what the reaction to this movie was uh, you know after 9/11 because 9/11 is a I mean that was a that was a that was a uh, a major factor in this film's marketing mm-hmm. um, because of that, that first uh, teaser trailer um, where, uh, where Spider-Man uh, webs up a helicopter between the, the twin towers. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I, you know, we've just been asking because uh, we've been getting some interesting stories and I don't know if you, if you really remember much um as far as uh, as far as this is concerned, because you have that that moment at the end that they added in uh, after nine eleven, the moment where uh, you know you mess with Spidey, you mess with New York, that whole that whole thing. Um, 
in the third act. And so I'm just wondering, like, do you, if you remember what the, what the general sort of like vibe of, uh, of New York, you know, New York's, I guess, New Yorkers reaction to this movie was, uh, I don't remember anything nine spe- eleven specific. I do remember the poster thing that, you know, they, there was a poster showing that, uh, the, the world trade center thing with the webs and, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. There was just some debate about, I guess, a whether it was in, whether they should have they should have taken it down or the the the, the ad I mean not the towers, right, um, right, or whether or not that was an overreaction because you know like are people gonna are people so uh, I don't know sensitive about it that you can't even show the World Trade Center but I guess they right. erred on the side of like better safe than sorry, yeah. right. Because there's, there's only like one or two frames in the entire movie that still have any trace of the um, of the World Trade Center in them. I mean, they went in and removed it from all the skylines and from, you know, changed shots that might have shown them. It's only just like reflected in his eye a little bit at one point. Yeah, um, yeah they, they really I can't imagine what the process of like was like making those decisions and, you know, trying to accommodate it all. But yeah, what, what a unique time, I guess. Uh I, I, I guess my my question is more along the lines of like, because Spider-Man is a character that is so innately, intimately tied with the city of New York in general. If if like this movie uh, seemed like it had a, a different feeling there or if people were like uh, excited about it in a different way because it was the hometown hero in his big giant movie or if it was just like. Oh, you know, it's, a, it's another big movie. I mean, they set they set movies in New York all the time, so maybe maybe the difference is there. I don't know. I guess that that reaction to it is 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 something that fascinates me because I I wasn't there, and I would have would have loved to know. Yeah, I don't remember it so much connected with Spider Man. I do remember mm-hmm. Marvel did that um, that nine eleven book, right? That's which, right. And, which which I thought was a, a terrible idea and <laughs> terribly executed as well, but. Uh, um, I don't remember anything particularly with Spider-Man. Right. Right. Um, I, I do, I do have just like a general question about, uh, about, about New York on film. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious what is, cause you know, um, generally when a movie takes place in New York, only about, you know, 40% of those films are actually shot in New York. Right. Yeah. And, and so, and so I, I'm just wondering like what, what the, like the general, um, like when you are in New York and you're a New Yorker and you go see a movie that takes place in New York and you're watching this movie and you're like, that's not New York. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I'm, I just wonder like how that sort of affects the movie for you. Uh, it's fun. I would definitely, <laughs> when you go to see a movie, um, in New York city, that was set in New York city. You could definitely like, um, like when they would show a building that was fairly well known, you could feel everyone in the audience going, Oh, that's a, that's a building on 23rd street. That's a, you know, everyone like right. <laughs> leading to their friend and talking about it. Or like, I remember when I went to go see die hard three, that's the one set in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're getting onto some, they get into some big chase car chase. 
And uh, if you were a New Yorker, you knew that what they were doing was totally nonsensical. Like they would <laughs> be driving in somewhere that was on the east side of town and then suddenly be somewhere that was like totally downtown that would take like 45 minutes to drive to. <laughs> so and, and the audience was laughing because like as New Yorkers, we all knew that this was totally impossible. But it's, <laughs> we were also very smug that we're like, mm, we're all New Yorkers. We know. Well, we know that that's not true. So that, you know, that kind of a thing. So uh, I definitely remember in New York seeing the i think i guess the big i don't want to spoil anything if you haven't seen the ending but the finale that takes place on the at the rose the roosevelt island um mm-hmm. uh, tram thing there which is a real thing and uh so that was kind of fun seeing that oh yeah in a movie oh, wild yeah i just know that um i you know and i'm i'm we're gonna talk about this a lot uh with obviously with the next film uh, and I, so i don't want to talk about it in detail but i i what made me think of it was just the fact that i know that all the train stuff in spider-man 2 is all chicago trains yeah new york manhattan does not have any above ground trains like right along the way they describe. <laughs> Right, exactly, and I even knew that, and I'm—I've never even been to New York, and right. I knew that, and that's the weirdest thing. Um, so, so yeah, so I, that's what made me think of the question, but uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I guess I mean New York um, City also doesn't have radioactive spiders or the Fantastic Four. That's living true, there, so I guess right? Yeah, fair, yeah. fair enough. Slack. Look, you know those sort those sorts of things. It's a call and response, right? They're like, well, we got a Spider Man. I guess we should have, uh, you know, above ground trains now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Gotta have something to fight. Um, on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Alex. You have any uh, closing thoughts on uh, on Spider Man or uh, anything like that? Uh, I like Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. That's it. All right. <laughs> All right. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Do I like it enough to see Homecoming? We'll see. uh, why don't you tell everybody uh one more time where they can find you uh my website is comicbookalex.com uh i recently started uh the godfather minute which you can see at godfatherminute.com with uh, my brother and uh, i'm probably most well known for the star wars minute the daily podcast in which we analyze scrutinize and celebrate the star wars movies one minute at a time Mm-hmm. The OG. Yeah, if you're if you're li- if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to Star Wars Minute, you're doing yourself a disservice. So this <laughs> this show wouldn't exist without Star Wars Minute. So you should literally. you should definitely go. Uh, yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so you should definitely go check out Star Wars Minute. I agree. Awesome. <laughs> I agree with all of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us so much, Alex. Uh, we My appreciate pleasure. it. Yeah, it was an honor. And uh, we. We will uh, be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 64 and a new guest. Bye, everybody. Bye. Excelsior. Woo!